Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So this this next interview was a real treat for me to do. It, it's with the uh, you know cele- celebrated uh, screenwriter and filmmaker uh, Paul Schrader, and we talked about a few things. We didn't have a lot of time. It's a short interview. It's it's probably just under fifteen minutes. But we talked about story and about parable and about uh, you know po- the the postmodern condition. We we touched on a few pretty interesting things. And and like I say, we didn't have a lot of time to go really deep. But but Doggy Dog is a new film with Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe, and it's. It's it's about a genre that Paul was trying to turn upside down, and if you know his other films, Affliction and Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and so on, as a writer, he's been exploring some of these uh, these issues for for years. And if I can say, this film really frustrates one's expectations, and in a sense, it's it's a parable, it's a story uh, about hmm, about the postmodern condition. And you're going to hear uh, Paul and I chat a little bit about that. We talk about Oscar Wilde and about writing and about. Uh, uh, I guess you could say the dying of the light. How is that? And about how uh, we're, you know, uh, we're all in some way, I suppose, trying to right that wrong uh, in our own uh, idiosyncratic way. Uh, Paul Schrader coming up and his new film, Dog Eat Dog, uh, at the Toronto International Film Festival, davidpecklive.com, rabble.ca for more podcasts, for information about my book, Real Change is Incremental. And um, yeah, Paul Schrader, how cool is that? Dog Eat Dog. Well, welcome to Face to Face. Uh, we're joined here at the Toronto International Film Festival with a very special guest, uh, Paul Schrader, uh, here celebrating his North American premiere, I believe, of his new film, Dog Eat Dog. Uh, Paul, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, David. So, it, it seems to me that there's a sense in which we can never stand outside of a story, a particular kind of a story, I suppose. And this is a, a story that you've very intentionally chosen to tell. Why? Um, why today? I think because this is a, a dog eat dog world. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> no. sure it's a story I want to be in, Paul. No, and, 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 and I, I kind of backed into this. Um, 
I had had a very unpleasant experience with a Nick Cage film called Dying of the Light, which was taken away from me, re-edited and dumped. And I said to Nick, you know, should we live long enough, we need to work together again and, and right this wrong and mm. get this stain off our clothes. And, and then someone sent me this script. It wasn't financed or anything. And I thought, wow, maybe this is it. Maybe he would like to play Mad Dog. So I sent it to him, and he said, uh, I'd I like to do it, but I want to do Troy. I don't want to do Mad Dog. Mm. And so now we were going to get it made. But now I was doing a crime film. I had no intention of doing a crime film. I, I, this was just a way to work with Nick again and sort of try to tell the world and to redeem myself that I could make a film with Nick that was successful. So now I'm doing a crime film. Oh my God, how do you bring life to this old genre? Mm, mm. You know, after Scorsese, after Tarantino, after Guy Ritchie. You know, so then the challenge becomes how do you do a crime film for the 20 teens? Mm, mm. And, and, and so, you know, that, that, well, all, all you're doing is a kind of a meta crime film is more about crime films than it is actually about crime. And um, just trying to do things in an original way, a fresh way, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not be boring. Right, never uh, be boring. And, uh, and, 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 you know, try to uh, reinvent things, you know, just do things different. So you have a strip club scene, boring, boring, boring. Okay, shoot it in black and white. When, you know, when's the last time somebody shot a strip club scene in black and white? Well, Lenny, you know. So uh, that became the whole mantra. I mean, I, I have been involved over the years in some prestigious and important films. This is not one of them. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting for you to say that. Can, can I just, can I cut, not cut you up, but can I offer an insight? For me, this was a, this was a, well, I mean, from the title all the way through, this is, to me, it's almost a parable, in a sense, and and, and, and I think somebody, uh, John Crossman, he's a writer, in a book called in a book called the Dark, the Dark Interval, said that parables were meant to to frustrate and disrupt, and I mean, to me, this is kind of in a way this postmodern sort of place that we might be going to, you know, if we're not careful, or maybe maybe yeah. well, we're already there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, if anything. Uh, important or political got into this film. It got in while I wasn't looking. Nice. I like <laughs> it. Um, and, uh, you know, it, um, the, uh, at the tail credits. That's a great quote, by the way. <laughs> I love that quote. The, uh, the tail credit, uh, I play a song by Porter Wagner called yes. Satan's Got a River. Satan's Got a River, yeah. And that's how I saw, I saw these guys, the three guys swimming in Satan's River. There's a, there's a, uh, and yet, and yet there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a tiny bit of hope, it seems, with Mad Dog's character, where he seems to have a realization before he dies. <laughs> I, I believe in redemption, I, I do. I believe in redemption, I really do. Baby steps and finally. Yeah, yeah. Will you just shut up? That's right, that's right. I've just, I've just, I've had enough with, of you. Well, th th there, th that line where, where Diesel's character says, um, 
you don't know when to shut up. You don't know when to listen, and you don't know how to control your emotions. I actually saw that as like this prophetic sort of, you know, forgive me for going there, but I saw it as a prophetic notion, kind of, in a way of where, uh, you know, in this crazy sort of beautiful world we live in, we could wound up if, if we're the, the the more technological we become, the more postmodern we become, the more we sort of, you know, in this doggy dog world. We're letting others go by the waste. I mean, these are guys who exploit others, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't think you can go too far down that road of the future mm. and remain with any degree of hope. Wow. Um, I mean, you know, will we, I think the die is cast. Hmm. I happen to be a believer in singularity, uh, the Cotswold thing. I, I think the only hope for the species is evolution, and uh, that we will become a, um, uh, we will evolve out of a carbon-based carbon life form into a new life form, um, and it's already happening. You know, the the, the we're just too far gone. Is that is that sort of what you mean? Like, there's no there's no hope for us because we're we're, we're too far gone. Well, the the, the we cross the line. The planet is too far. Our track record is. Is what it is. Um, it's, we, the human species has run its course. Mm. I, I, I just believe this, um, and uh, you know, and I also believe that singularity will come, and it will come before the end of this century. And if it doesn't, we'll probably destroy the planet before the new species can come and save it. Um. Uh, is that heavy enough for you? That's pretty heavy. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. We're going down. We're going down a great road. A little bit. A little bit of a philosophical road. It seems to me. There's a great line in which is to, again to me so prophetic as Nick, Nicholas Cage's line near the end. The, the police officers pull him over. Is there a problem here, officer? <laughs> I mean, I laughed out loud. Are you kidding me, Nick? Or, uh, Troy? Sorry, are you kidding me, Troy? Do, really? Like, I, like, do you want? Do you want me to list? You know, in just in the last twenty minutes. So, to me, I, I wonder to what degree we're a deer. You know, it's like a deer in a headlights. You know, I mean, again, this is a story. This is a parable about maybe the way things are. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I I would be careful to um, ascribe too much uh, calculation that way. I mean, uh, I, you know, I used to be a critic, so I, I know that part of a critical function is you read things in that mm -hmm. aren't necessarily intended, but yeah. are are part of the subtext. Sure, authorial intention. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, you know, the main goal, as I said earlier, was just um, to, to keep ahead of the genre and not get suffocated by the genre conventions. So to, to jump ahead of the audience with that opening scene mm. and then keep moving so fast that the audience never catches up with you. And they never see what's, what, what, what's coming. You know, I mean, I... I I defy uh, anyone who hasn't read about this film to tell me where it's going when they're watching mm. it. I mean, I, I, you, you didn't know where it was no, going. No, absolutely not. Yeah. No. And in, in, a, in a sense, structurally, kind of postmodern, I suppose, right? You were breaking out, disrupting. Uh, yeah, it, 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 has, it has a very simple structure, which is uh, there's a prologue, then there is crime one set up by the Greek. Then there's intermission, 
with the girls at the casino. There's crime too set up by the Greek. And then there's an epilogue. Did the Greek quote Oscar Wilde at some point? Yet each man kills the thing he loves. Did I hear that? Uh, no, uh, wait, 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 wait. I, I was almost yeah, positive it was yeah. Oscar Wilde. Well, well, what the Greek actually says is uh, like the old fudge puncher said. Yes. <laughs> Every man kills, kills the thing he loves. The thing he loves. <laughs> yeah, I think So uh, I guess Oscar Wilde was the old fudge puncher. Yes, he was, and quite the disruptor, really, in a way, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I just saw Rupert's play where he, uh, Rupert Everett plays Oscar. One, wow. of my, one of my favorite poems of all time, which your quote is from, Ballad, Ballad of Reading Jail, is a <laughs> remarkable, uh, remarkable piece. Um, the opening scene is so um, in your face, and, 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 uh, and I don't know, the juxtaposition of the colors in the house and the, you know, the innocence of, 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 of the family. That this, how, how did Sheila end up with this guy? How is that even possible? The, the colors on the wall. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you're trying to send the message to the audience that this is the kind of film it's going to be. Mm. And if you're taking this seriously, you're in the wrong theater. Mm. So you got to be bold. And you know, one of the references my group came up with was a film called Belly. And they were intercutting the belly between an all blue scene and an all pink scene. And so I said, oh, you know what, let's do that. We'll make the bathroom blue, we'll make the house pink. And then another reference was um, Requiem for a Dream. Mm. All the little multi-screens. Sure. Well, let's do that, you know. And um, and uh, just trying to, <coughs> excuse me, trying to, um, and and you know what I learned while editing was that I really had to be bold with the statement and I started putting musical, comic musical effects in there. Mm. And, and put that woo-woo song in there. So it made it very clear that we were not operating in a world of psychological realism. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. A, a, a heightened world. And, uh, and, and, and once the audience gets that message, then you're off and running. Are these guys psychopaths? Or are they just guys who took made some really, really bad choices? There's a moment where somebody says to Troy, you know, you had money once, and he said, oh, that was a, that was a long time ago. I mean, uh, now you're getting, there's a difference between these guys as realistic guys mm -hmm. and these guys as film creations. Right, right. Uh, in, in the novel, they are realistic. In the movie, they are hyper-realistic. So uh, there's a difference there. But Ed Bunker, who was incarcerated uh, for most of his life, 25 years, wow. the youngest person ever to go to San Quentin, he was 15, he, he got out uh, in his late 30s. And every one of his books has the same theme, which is, once you're in the life of crime, you never get out. Which is a line right out of the film. Yeah. Which is a line right out of the book. Right out of the book. And um, once you're in, you never get out. Yeah. yeah. And that was the theme of all his books. Hmm. He, of course, was the exception to the theme. Uh, but that's what he wrote about. He wrote about the inherently recidivist nature of crime. And, you know, 
why do these guys blow all their money at the casino? So they have an excuse to do another crime. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know? There's a there's almost like there's a there's sort of a meaninglessness to it in a way, isn't there? Like to your the idea of stepping into the river or Satan, Satan's river. I mean there's I guess that's what Bunker's kind of point is. Once you've stepped in you can't you can't get back out. So are you a are you a pessimist, would you say? I mean, to your earlier point about, you know, we're kind of screwed as a human race if evolution doesn't kick in. Uh, or do you get out of bed with a smile on your face? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what I would do if I were a young person. Hmm. Uh, you know, I've got a, you know, another 10 years and the Earth is going to be just fine for the next 10 years. It's going to be fine, actually, for the next... 20, 25 years. By 2050, it's going to be seriously fucked. So, um, so I'm, I'm all right. You know, I, I happen to have lived in the uh, in the sweet spot of history. Mm. The best in the history of the planet. You know, the period from World War II to today. Less hunger, less poverty, uh, less war, uh, and virtually more health than virtually any time in history. A whole, you know, 60, 70 year span. Uh, I, I, I'm one of the, we, are mm. so the lucky ones, lived mm. in the sweet mm. spot of history, mm -hmm. but our children are not, and their children certainly are not. Well, it's, it's, it's going to have to wrap it up, sadly. I wish we could, I wish we could keep the conversation going, because I, I think it's the kind of film, Paul, personally, that people are going to look back on, critics are going to look back on, and it's going to make a whole lot of sense when we look back historically and contextually and, and piece it together in, you know, in context with what's been going on now and what's coming down the road. So uh, thanks for Doggy Dog. <laughs> All right. A couple, a couple of crazy uh, performances by uh, Willem Dafoe and Nicolas Cage uh, here today with Paul Schrader at the Toronto International Film Festival. Thank you, David. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.